Welcome to Amplify Ambition. I'm Kristen Edwards, strategy coach and your guide to implementing custom strategies based on your personality type. This is the podcast where you get to elevate your zones of genius and create your best life by growing a business that works for you instead of you working for it. Let's dive in because your next level of success is within reach once you decide to dream loudly. Welcome back to another episode of Amplify Ambition. I'm so excited for today's guest. We are going to talk about all things email marketing, but she does it with a spin that I know is going to change the game for how you show up in your business. Um, If you have been following me for a while, prior to Ashley DeLuca entering my life, I sent emails only when launching, uh, which you probably all know how bad that is. But you can thank Ashley for the consistency in the emails that you get now. Um, And I am so excited to welcome her to the show as well. So welcome, Ashley. Oh my gosh, thank you so incredibly. Oh, I'm just so incredibly excited to be here. Not gonna lie. I'm just super, super stoked to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Before we dive into today's episode, um, and before you even introduce yourself, a lot of us obviously are famous on social media and the brand that we build. So tell me something that you are very passionate about, but is not technically a part of your brand. Oh my gosh, there are literally so many things that I could talk about. I could talk about avocados and guacamole. I could talk about sea turtles and how much I love sea turtles and how I just recently like adopted a sea turtle, like not actually physically, but like, I don't, I don't know, like I'm fostering a sea turtle, but I don't actually get to have it kind of thing. Um, but I will say, I think one of the biggest things that I am really, really, really extremely passionate about is, um, it's, there's two pieces to this. So, um, there's a camp called Johnny camp, and then there's also, uh, the Ronald McDonald house. And both of these really play into, um, with my brother's Um, specifically my brother, Joey, who uh, went through a very long series of having cancer and having leukemia specifically, and being able to be accepted as a, you know, child who has Down syndrome and also having, uh, being a sibling of, you know, having two brothers with Down syndrome, Joey and Josh, you know, being able to have a place where you can just feel loved and accepted and understood is something that I know was very, very impactful for me growing up. Um, Down syndrome wasn't something that a lot of people really knew about or had much education about like they do now. And so Johnny Camp was a huge, huge, huge thing uh, for my family. And so that's why I'm super incredibly passionate around Johnny Camp. And then uh, the Ronald McDonald House really helped uh, my family out in a lot of situations while having, you know, my brother in the hospital and all of the things. And so the Ronald McDonald House is also something that is very near and dear to my heart as well, too, um, because of the support that they provide for families um, who have children who are currently sick um, with long term illnesses, not just cancer, but other ones as well, too. Yeah, I'm. thank you for, for sharing that. And you've shared parts of your story, you know, on Instagram um, and Facebook as well. So it's really good to kind of see that connection um, and also the organizations that are there to support you. I think we, we hear the media in general talk about supporting, you know, someone with an illness or the parents supporting a child with an illness, but not really the sibling perspective of it as well. For you to have that community um, for yourself as you're 
supporting your family and being a part of your family, I think that's really important for you to kind of speak about and shed light on just as much as the sea turtles and the, you know, avocados um, as well. And teal, like you're perfectly on brand shades of teal. <laughs> yes, it's it's zero AB AB5. And I look out specifically for clothing with the zero AB AB5 because that is like my perfect color. Yeah, like I, I know my brand colors by sight, but I don't think I know the code <laughs> that goes with it. So that's another level of uh, passion that I think is important. But that, I think that's really great. And it shows the kind of attention to detail and commitment that you have with the work that you do as well. So before we talk about how you can help all of us in our businesses, tell me what it is that you do and how you got started in the email marketing too. Yeah, so for me, I personally believe that retention is built through relationships. And, you know, a lot of times we think that, you know, okay, all I want to do is retain my customers. I want a monthly recurring revenue, but it really comes down to the relationship that you have with your customers. So specifically as an email marketing strategist, I really focus on really putting communication in the center of everything that you do and not just communication in terms of like, oh, we're just going to send an email but creating extremely intentional, um, relevant customer touch points that really focus on creating a model that is very customer centric. And so I really focus a lot on customer journeys. Um, I focus on customer lifetime value. And again, bringing together my kind of five key communication principles and bringing that into the email marketing vehicle. Um, luckily through my work, I've had the honor of being in Thrive Global, Funnel Magazine, GoDaddy, like all sorts of amazing things. But really what it comes down to for me is really allowing and seeing those aha moments for people where they're like, oh, it can literally be that simple. And I was like, yes, it can just be that simple of sending out consistent emails, making sure that you're congruent in your messaging and like all of these pieces that we can dive into. Um, but I'm just honestly just so incredibly passionate about it. And it really came from, um, you know, starting off at 14 years old, I started off with library books and a laptop bot with babysitting money um, to be able to start creating these websites and these blogs and just sharing my 14 year old thoughts, which I would not recommend reading now because they are definitely super embarrassing. But those kind of key foundational principles really helped me when I got into my corporate career in college and all the things. And I realized that like, I have a passion and a purpose for so much more and being able to fuel that passion and that purpose really came into, okay, cool. Like it gets to be next level now. Like it gets to be something where I can go out and share my gifts and my talents and then also amplify causes and things that I'm very passionate about as well too. I love that. And we see a lot of celebrities talking about you know, the causes that they care so much about. And so they will be like an actor and an activist, but for us to do it, even if we're not quote unquote celebrities making billions of dollars in, in a movie for us to still put the causes that we care so much about out there as well. And to build those relationships for the causes that matter to raise money for those causes as well to like support our families and our household in the process of all of that. So thank you so much for sharing it. And honestly sharing the fact that you started as like a 14 year old blogger because I think a lot yeah. of times we play down those childhood passions that lead us on the path that we're on we're like oh that was just the little kid version of me doing weird things which yes we were little kids doing weird things but it's yeah. what led us to where 
we are as well. And so for you to acknowledge that that's a part of your journey and led you to your purpose is really awesome as well. Yeah. And I think also too, like there, there was a moment and I was just like, you know, I really don't understand why this was part of the plan. Like, and a lot of times I feel like, you know, we, we think that it needs to be a certain way and that like, and I got really caught up into this, um, a couple of years ago when I was like, okay, I want to be just like this person. And they did X, Y, Z, Z. And like on my back bulletin board here, um, you know, I even mapped out those steps on index cards. I was like, I'm going to do step one and then I'm going to do step two and then three. And let me tell you what, it's been so interesting that I've achieved some of those results, but in not that order, not in that exact plan. And I think a lot of it has to do with just, again, trusting your intuition, trusting that there's a bigger plan out there for you. And within that as well, too, is that knowing that like when you have the right intentions, things happen for you and not necessarily against you. That's that's so important. It's so important to like remember and lean on. So one of the reasons I started Amplify Ambition is because I want us to dream loudly and you like many of us did all the things right go to college get the right job and then you were like mm, hard left uh, as well so was there a big catalyst for change for you or a moment that you were like there's got to be something else and i need to actually go pursue it yeah definitely so i mean there have in in my journey as an entrepreneur over the past four years there have definitely been lots of areas in my life that have basically done a hard left, a hard left turn where I'm just like, nope, we're not doing that any further. We're like out of here. Uh, but within this, I, I would say probably one of the most monumental pieces of this was I um, was in a corporate career and I was trying to work up the corporate ladder. And I apologize, my dogs are going crazy. I'm sure someone's in my front yard. Uh, but essentially what ended up happening is, you know, I... Oh, I hate talking about this, but essentially what ended up happening is I was in, in this job trying to get up the ladder and what ended up happening is I ended up getting pulled into my current supervisor's office. And what ended up happening is he was like, listen, he's like, listen, I know that you're really passionate about what you do. He's like, you are literally the most passionate person I know. He's like, you are, you know, anytime you talk to anybody within the office, you're always talking about like, you could be passionate about the fruit because at this time I was pregnant. And, you know, I was trying to navigate through these waters, trying to figure out, like I had a si the side business, but I didn't really have the other pieces to go along with that to be like, oh, I could definitely replace my income. And what ended up happening within that is he basically told me, he was like, listen, like, I'm going to have to move you because, you know, the person who's sitting in front of you is like really struggling with being able to work because of when you're on your calls and when you're talking, when you're doing the things you're just way too loud. And I was like, well, and I got defensive. Like I got super, super defensive. And I was like, well, what the fudge sickles? Like you want me to literally serve the customers. You want me to do it well. You want to make sure they're taken care of. You want me to deal with people who are literally so crazy. I can't even deal with it when, you know, X, Y, Z occurrence happens. And I left so incredibly frustrated. My very well-decorated desk um, basically I took everything down. I threw it all inside of my desk drawers. And I was like, no, you are getting the shell of me. Like you are getting literally just the bare minimum. Because at this point, like I was super accelerating. Like I was in the top 10 in my department. Like I was doing very, very well. And I was like, okay, this is what you're choosing. Like you're choosing to move me 
and you're choosing to basically put me in a like and it was awful like it was so terrible and I just got to that point where I was like you know what I don't want and it wasn't necessarily like I was being censored and I don't want to imply that but it was more so of like no like you're just you're too much like that's that's the thing that I got I was like you're just too much and that's when I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I have to make this my thing. Like, I don't ever want to be told that I'm too much. Like, I want to be able to talk as loudly as I would like as my passion rises because I am super passionate about things. And so even though my husband does get on me sometimes because, you know, he'll be on a work call and he'll be like, dude, they can hear you. I was like, no, like I want to be passionate about all the right things. I want to use my gifts and my talents because I know I have something inside of me for the right thing. And I don't want to fuel it for another CEO's pocket. Like I want to fuel it for good. And that was kind of like, that was my breaking moment. I was like, nope, we're going to make this work. I don't care what that looks like. And to be totally honest with you, it ended up in 60 hour work weeks and living off of energy drinks and all of these terrible things now that I'm looking back on but I made it happen and I made it work because I was never going to put myself in a situation like that again. But I think you, it speaks again to your commitment for, again, not just the causes that you support and supporting your yeah. family, but also the commitment for your own success and chasing your dreams. And I mean, literally named my podcast Amplify Ambition because not that that was my story for the volume necessarily, but my passion yeah was not accepted in my tone. You're too, you're too much. And it was like, why are women too much? But like, we're also told we're not enough. So it's like, you need to do more, do more, do more. I show up, I over deliver. And it's like, whoa, we can't handle your awesomeness. Please scale back. And you're like, this is a little bit too much and a confusing, you know, yeah. story that you're telling me. And so I think it's so important for you to say, you know, I had that decision. I made it for myself. And Yes, let's be honest, because yes, you can have these cute work and flow and harmony laptop lifestyle where I only work three hours a day, but yeah. you do put in some 60 hour weeks to get there. You do hustle and grind. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was coffee, not energy drinks, but just as <laughs> not, still not healthy. <laughs> right? Yeah, still yeah no, not I, had, healthy. I had it all. I had it all. But how, how do we get to where we want to be? And it does take a little bit of hustle and grind. And the reason we tell everyone don't hustle is because we all burned ourselves out at some point in the process and want to help you avoid it. But it's also just kind of a unfortunate rite of passage to entrepreneurship. Yeah, totally. And I think also along with that too, it's kind of, so here's, here's the thing about me. So I'm at Enneagram Free Wing 2. And one of the things about me is that I firmly, like to my core, believe that if you want to go for something, like if you want something in your life, you can make it happen. Like, I, I mean, like whatever it is that you desire in life, like you can go and make it happen. I'm just not going to say it's going to be easy. And I think one of the pieces along with that, and one of the things that really gets me is that people want the results from working and hustling and grinding and doing the things but they're not putting in the right intention. Now, one of the things that I've learned is when you fill the right buckets, when you put the right amount of attention and energy into something, you can create massive results. But most people aren't willing to put in the energy, the intention. They just want to have the like, like the laptop lifestyle. And I'm like, no, you need to go sweat and grind for it. Like you can't just come up here and claim that you're like the next da 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 and not actually do the work behind that. And I think so many people want to take the shortcut. They want to be able to just, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and ask 
to be a guest expert for something that I'm not a guest expert in. Or I'm going to say I'm affiliated with so-and-so and and not actually even know, like you're not even on a first name basis. Like it's those kinds of things that like really grind my gears that like we could totally talk about for hours, but to keep it to the sake of being ambitious, I think you definitely have to put in the work. You have to put in the time and the energy and the commitment to make things happen, to be able to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And the people who take shortcuts, I mean, they might get rich for a minute, but they always fall really far off that ladder and it hurts on the way down. So I personally will take my step-by-step and climbing my way. And although it's not climbing the corporate ladder, you still do have to climb the ladder to your success. Um, I think it's John Maxwell who says like, there's no elevator to the top of the mountain or something like Mm -hmm. that. And so we're all out here. We're, We're doing our work. We're putting in our time. Um, and it's really unfortunate, I think, that we have to have these huge catalysts of either personal loss or job loss or something that tells us to leap into our entrepreneurial dreams. I wish it really was a pretty journey on the way, but also <laughs> yeah. recognizing that, you know, for me, I'm an eight. So I'm just stubborn and it has to be this door slamming in my face for me to go, oh, you were giving me a sign, God, whoops, I'm sorry, um, as, as well. But also, like you said, make it happen. If you have a dream, if you have an ambition, there's going to be 150 obstacles and it's your determination to get back up and make it happen. That's really going to get you there. So in terms of people who want to be really strategic with their email marketing and grow that, how are they going to climb this ladder to success? You mentioned that you know, the communication and building a relationship with their audience, with their readers is what's important. So what on earth are we supposed to do? Do I have to send 20 emails a day? Like what are the secrets that I need to know to get there? Yeah. So I kind of alluded to this a little bit in terms of with intention and energy. And this is something that um, my mentor, George Bryant talks a lot about. He's like, listen, if you give those both attention, if you give something enough attention or attention, attention, intention, same thing, right? Um, and then within that as well too, enough energy, it's it's going to work, right? And so email marketing is very extremely similar with that same thing. And so you can literally just go through the process of sending out one campaign a week with the right intention and the right amount of energy into it, where you're not just copying and pasting your social posts. Or I see this all the time. People will just copy and paste their podcast show notes, like taking the time to actually write to your audience and not at them uh, makes a huge difference. And within this, there's, you know, basically like kind of the five key principles that I really focus on now within email marketing. Um, But those are principles. We'll stay on the strategy side for just a second here. So one email a week will do you good. The other thing within that is making sure that you're sending it out to the right people. Um, This is a mistake that I see all the time where we will just hit all and send and not really take the time to get to know our people, to be able to create that two-way street, to be able to create that, you know, road where you're like, Ooh, I actually know who Susie is. I actually know, you know, who Tam over here is and like what she's all about and what she's needing. Taking the time to take those email addresses and actually know the person behind it. And it's super easy if you understand segments and tags. So essentially tags fuel segments and tags are action-based. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll have 800 different tags where we'll essentially have, you know, oh my gosh, this person clicked on over to my Instagram link or this person clicked on over to my LinkedIn page. Well, who actually cares about that? I want to know, okay, what are the things and the actions that people are taking on my emails that actually lead to profit? 
or lead to something that is actually knowledgeable. So for an example, you can have tags based off of where someone's at in their journey. If one of your requirements is that somebody makes 10K, you know, recurring income per month, then that's something that you could easily write an email about and then tag them based off of what they choose. You can also tag based off of, okay, did they fill out the application or did they not fill out the application? Did they click over to the application and not even fill it out? Those are people that you can retarget and um, send emails to as well. And so looking at those little pockets to then be able to put those into main buckets or categories. And segments are for the most part, two different, two different things. You either have non-buyers, which are people who have not swiped their credit card. And then you have buyers, which are people who have like swiped their credit card. And you can get more specific in the buyer category based off of who it is that you're wanting to reach out to target and things like that. But for the most part, you're just gonna keep within those two separate buckets there. Um, and just really focus on tracking those actions and tags and including those in your weekly emails um, and make it part of the planning process. So that way you're going through and making sure that you're sending out, which what I, what I recommend um, is three value-based emails to one promotional email. Um, and that gives you the opportunity to fuel your community, to be able to build your ecosystem outside of email. So like your LinkedIn, your podcast, your Facebook group, whatever it is that you're focusing on, you can send those, you know, send your email subscribers out there to be able to then fuel that fire and then also bring them back into your email to then pitch to them. I love that. I'm learning more and more. Every single time I listen to you, I'm like, oh, I got to fix that. Oh, I got to update that. So it's three value-based emails to one promo email. And I'm just repeating it because for anyone who wasn't taking notes, repetition is what helps things stick. And I think that's the really important thing. We're really good at sending an email, but where did that email come from? You kind of said repurposing your Facebook or your Instagram post or copying your show notes. I've definitely seen that one a lot of times. It's like, technically you're consistent, but what are you saying and how are you adding value you know, to those people? Or are you the person who just pitches in every single email, um, which I didn't want to pitch in every email. So then I just like ghosted my audience, which was just as bad. Um, so as well. So thank you for helping us to, to do that. And you know, one of the things that I like to do with my email list, and so plug for anyone who's not on my email list, is you get different incentives from what gets promoted. So like I give discounts exclusively to my email. I actually share personal like really, really personal stories only to my email list and not on social media as well. And so there's perks to kind of stick around because I'm not that person who believes in airing your dirty laundry on social media, but I'll tell my email list because they, you know, hang out with me. And so finding those ways that are going to make it work for you, for your success um, as well, obviously adding value. I believe in giving you advice and steps and strategy, but adding, you know, beyond that as well. So giving it a different incentives to those on your email list. Um, and then you talked about segmenting and tagging, um, which I'm getting better at. I haven't nailed it yet completely, but is there a way to, um, I mean, you did kind of talk about segmenting your tags and your buyers and people click, click a link. Is there an easy, quick fix solution to go back to the old, you know, passive people you've had to go tag them if they're not already so yeah, if they're not already tagged, you would have to go back in and manually tag them. So if you're using ConvertKit, you can pull up the email, pull up the link and then, um, or the information for the email and then go and select them and then tag them. But you would have to probably most likely do it manually. 
which if your email list is not that big, it's totally fine. I think the other thing that I've heard is like create a new email and then have those links in to get them kind of auto tagged from the next email um, as well. So thank you. Thank you for that too. Are there any other tips, tricks, strategies that we definitely need to know, or should we jump right over to these principles? Man, let's jump over to the principles. Let's, I'm going to give you the, like the down and like the short, the short version, just enough. So essentially there's five different principles when it comes to communication. Um, the first one is connection. You have to have a connection with your ideal client and specifically connection and relevancy points because what ends up happening is that actually links to your memory storage based off of creating very intentional um, touch points with these people, right? So a lot of times for me, it looks like the avocados, the sea turtles, talking about my brothers, talking about my family, talking about my two-year-old, like all of those things are definitely more of those relevant touch points because people can relate to them. So as you're infusing this into what you're talking about, it's again, really about if we're thinking even about a funnel, it's again, that service level, like who's going to connect with me? Who's actually going to be able to like become relevant and who can I like again create those conversations and with which is the second piece conversation you can't have conversations unless you connect with people right pretty simple but within these conversations it's really incredibly important to make sure that you're making it a two-way street a lot of times as I mentioned earlier we really focus on making it a one-way street and making it so that way we're talking at our subscribers and so by using um you know a specific amount of you know, context around what you're talking about, making it more genuine, making it more feel like, oh, you're just talking to me and you're not talking to everybody else. When you make that sort of feel within your copy, um, it makes a huge difference. You can easily do this by just doing a voice note, like talking or even thinking about like, oh, I'm on a podcast, like I'm, I'm speaking directly to you, but then also too, like I'm sharing with everybody else in this world who also downloaded this episode as well too, right? So you create those conversations. From there, this is when you can start to create congruency. Now, the thing within congruency is there's two main pieces. There's tone and then the actual words that you use. A lot of times this looks like making sure that your team, especially if you have a VA, knows your language, your tone. You know, if someone came on there and was saying holy bananas, like they would be like, whoa, that is not Ashley. That is not her at all. So making sure that the words that you use and then also the tone, you know, are you bubbly? Are you more serious? You know, what does that look like? And defining what that is, is really incredibly important, not even just for your team, but also as a reminder for you to be able to make sure that regardless if you're showing up at a podcast or you're showing up um, you know, live at an event or whatever, it's all congruent. The next piece of this is customer journeys, um, which we kind of already dove into when I was talking about like segments and tags and all of that. But before you start creating customer journeys, specifically in the back end of your email, you have to have all of those other pieces aligned. You know, you have to be able to have that congruency. You have to have conversations and then you have to have those connection points to be able to make it all flow to create a customer journey. And then finally comes consistency, which within consistency, there's no point being consistent and putting attention into energy into something when you don't have the other five or four pieces aligned for you to be able to do that. Um, and that's honestly the gist of being able to create retention and relationships within your marketing, um, specifically with email, which is what I focus on. You have to have those pieces set up in order to be able to then create it inside of your business. 
I love that. And so I'm going to echo just the congruency piece of it, of the tone and the language. I think this is really important to be strategic in the team that you're bringing in to work with you, um, whether that is a content writer, a VA, your podcast manager, all these people that are going to support you in your business is because the words that you say, and even when you said holy bananas as a, like (laughs) an example, even I was like, why is she saying that? And they knew it was an example because anyone who does follow you already kind of knows holy guacamole is like the intro and the exit of everything that you do as well. You've definitely branded yourself, you know, with that. Um, and I think the other thing is to also own who you are, whatever your personality type. You already talked about your Enneagram type. And regardless of what number you are, you know, on the Enneagram, recognizing that this is me, this is all of who I am, and I'm going to show up as this and allow people to have that be a foundation to do I want to buy from her or do I want to unsubscribe? And then don't be offended when they unsubscribe because they would have been the worst customer pairing for you if they did buy. So also saying, okay, this is me. I am sassy and sarcastic and this is what you're going to get. Or I am like, down home southern charm i'm not i can't even like say that in a full sentence but you know whatever that personality is of you to let that speak out very clearly when you're bringing someone into your team don't show up super corporate and polished unless you are corporate and polished in that way because they're going to join your team thinking you're ex and then two weeks later they're going to go oh my goodness she's a disorganized chaos mess of a person, um, but you showed up one way in the interview process. And so let them see the real you at the beginning for your clients, for your team, for everyone else. And it's really easy. I think it's just easy when you get to say like, this is my Enneagram type, take it or leave it and let them make that decision for themselves. And yes, it's slightly judge. It is just judgmental for them to make that decision, but we get to choose if we want to work well with a certain type or if we want to be out of harmony with them. And it only works if both pairings are really honest. And then it gets to show up in your emails. And so your client's going to say, yes, this offer is for me. Yes, Ashley is the person that's providing the value I need for where I am in my business. And it's all about that honesty. But I love the congruency part of it. I think social media is really good about talking about the conversation and the consistency and skipping some pieces before and after, you know, that as well. So I love that that's one of your principles that you talk about is that congruency for sure. Totally. Anything else that we need to know um, if we're, if you're just starting out your email marketing or you've been that person who's ghosted your list for three, four months, what do you need to know jumping back in to make sure that you're successful? Or maybe you've outsource this and you want to make sure that you develop a stronger strategy, anything, tips, tricks, advice that you would give us? Oh my gosh, this conversation could go in 80 different ways for each of those. But if I had to summarize it into like a one simple little thing, um, keep it simple, keep it as simple as possible. So that way you can be consistent with it. Um, A lot of times, you know, we create these really complicated strategies and we never follow through with them because they're too complicated. So keep it simple, keep it so that way you can be consistent with it and actually do the work and do the thing and send the stinking email. Love it. And is there a legacy that you are actually looking to create? So you've created a phenomenal business and I've even in the last what year and a half that I don't is it even a year? Maybe a year that I've known you now. Um, I've watched phenomenal growth happening, but what is that big legacy that you want, you know, your son to grow up and say, this is what my mom did? 
Oh my gosh, there's there's quite a few pieces to this. And this is something that I actually worked through by drawing it out when I was in Montana. And honestly, there's so, again, there's so many different ways that I could take this. Um, but I think the number one thing is that uh, specifically for my son is I want him to be able to see that regardless of how you grow up, regardless of what cards you feel like you've been dealt, regardless of, you know, what other people may say about you, you get the opportunity to be able to carve your own path, to create your own, um, basically your own legacy within that, right? Like I want him to feel empowered to go after his dreams and empowered to do what he would like to do. Not at two currently, like no, no, like throwing water all over the floor is not what we're going for. But you know, as he gets older, like being able, very seriously, like to be able to chase after his dreams, to be able to do whatever it is that he wants. you know, regardless of what that looks like. Um, and then also too, within this, like, I really want to change the way that we communicate. Um, you know, I feel like, especially with social media, that communication is so much different. And I really want to change how people do email marketing um, from, you know, Fortune 500 companies on down to even the smallest of the businesses and knowing and making that information more readily available to people um, and not creating necessarily these huge, imaginable, like pricing barriers for people to be successful with an email marketing. I, I love that. Thank you so much. And I think, you know, like you said, there's a lot of layers to the legacy that we want to lead, but those are two very important ones on a business and a professional, I'm sorry, on a personal and a professional um, standpoint as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, how, how can people stay in touch with you, find you, connect with you? I'll drop all the links in the show notes, but what are the best ways, ways to connect? Yeah. So I'm going to keep this super simple. Um, so you can follow me over on Instagram. Um, so I'm just Instagram over, um, Ashley K DeLuca. Um, yeah, you can find me over there. And then my website is ashleykdeluca.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, And obviously when you guys land on Instagram, one of my favorite things about this platform is that it's all in one. Read the bio, click the links, go explore, binge the content. Absolutely. So if you're not already connected with Ashley, please go do that for your email marketing tips, but also just being like a great person. And who doesn't love guacamole? Um, At the time of recording this, it's almost Cinco de Mayo. So I have a lot of avocados that I'm going to go prepare for myself. Um, But hey, summer is coming and around the corner. So I'm sure it's guacamole all all year round for you. But for most people, let's get those margaritas and guac going (laughs) the summertime for sure. So thank you again for hanging out with me and for sharing your wisdom with the audience as well, Ashley. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. I would also love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help other ambitious women listen in and join our community to unlock lasting success. For my entrepreneurs, I want to remind you that there are limited spots each month for VIP strategy days. Inside this intensive, I'm going to show you how to implement a personalized strategy without the cookie cutter tactics so you can achieve your business goals. 
The reason this works for my clients is because of my unlock method. Many women don't realize that when they learn how to apply the psychology behind their Enneagram type, they're able to confidently take aligned and consistent action. It's time you gain clarity on that next step as you own what makes you unique in this industry. Learn more at keycoach.com slash VIP. Check out the links in the show notes on ways to stay connected with me between episodes. Until next time, dream loudly.